0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I kind of get back to something. I, I, I hit on a quick thought. In fact, I did it earlier today um a quick thought about sort of mental shifts the first mental shift you have to make and about uh, botanical method aquariums and so forth and I I thought about it and I realized that there's more to it I wanted to say a little more not necessarily about the mental shifts but the expectations and yeah and the mental shifts and sort of the things that happen Uh, it's important I've been talking to a lot of people who are still um new to this sort of world that we play in of the Botanical Method Aquarium, which is super exciting because there's so many people still coming into this game and I love it. And um, they had a lot of similar questions and and, uh, a lot of questions about expectations and the timing and how things work. So I thought I'd sort of touch on that again. Now, the world of Botanical Method Aquariums is really starting to gain a lot of exposure. It's getting wider acceptance in the aquarium world, which is kind of cool. And even though... As we've said for years, it's not necessarily something that is new or was invented by any one hobbyist or company. It's new to a lot of people. No one can claim the idea that, you know, nature is perfected over eons. However, I think it's a concept that's getting a fresh or even a first look by many hobbyists, and that's what's so exciting. And yeah, it is a concept or really a methodology. That's why we call it botanical method with its own set of practices, techniques, and Expectations, And it's important to go beyond just looking at the use of botanicals as hardscape set pieces to accent our aquascapes and get beyond that superficial stuff. I've talked about that a lot and I've chastised you gently over the years to, to look at it as more than just an aquascaping technique. Um, what we've developed is that term functional aesthetics. It kind of looms large in the world that we operate in. And functional aesthetics meaning something that produces, in this case, a function, like supplemental food sourcing, processing of nutrients, etc., and just happens to look good, functional aesthetics. If you started working with botanicals in your aquariums over the past few months, you've probably gained an awareness that although these are not, uh, although these are actually unique and really aesthetically beautiful aquariums, like any other methodology, they're not set and forget. They actually require some understanding, some technique. Because of the very nature of botanicals and how they interact with their environment, you need to regularly observe, evaluate, and replace them as needed. You need to understand the progression of things that happens uh, as your tank establishes itself. And perhaps most important, you'll need to make those mental adjustments, those mental shifts that we talk about all the time, to accept and appreciate this very different type of aquarium and different aesthetic that comes with it. Now, we've talked on numerous occasions about the various stages through which a botanical method uh, aquarium progresses as it matures and settles in which includes recruitment of you know, biofilms, fungal growths, and a physical softening and eventual breakdown of the botanicals themselves. We've all come to understand that the materials will interact in the environment directly, imparting tannins, humic substances, lignins, and other organics into the water. We like to characterize botanicals as dynamic materials, as they're hardly static or inert in nature, especially when submerged in water. All of this adds up to a system that requires observation and management, no surprise, which really is no different, no more challenging, and probably even less mentally taxing than, say, a high-tech planted aquarium or a specialized breeding setup for fishes like discus or angelfishes, or certainly a reef aquarium. Like any system, botanical method aquarium requires some specific observation and maintenance practices in order to, you know, keep it performing at an optimum level for an indefinite period of time for its inhabitants. And there's no, um, although there's no set, uh, timetable per se, there is a generalized timetable of how these tanks progress. At the very least, there's a somewhat predictable set of expectations we can work with and practices to engage in. So I'll just sort of touch on them. Like when you first start a tank, the startup to the first three weeks, you will, you know, you'll simply observe your botanicals to make sure they're staying down, make sure they're where you want. Uh, you know, good ideas to remove any that appear to be floating or if some present a putrid rotten egg like smell some will on occasion take them out depending on your water chemistry the quantity of botanicals being used and the filtration media employed you'll start to see the water tint up after a few days reaching its maximum you know effect after about two to three weeks now despite our love of the color it's important to perform regular water exchanges and other maintenance like you would on any other aquarium during this time just you know small routine water changes nothing crazy you're not siphoning out the fungal growths or botanicals that you know as they're breaking down i think you want to leave them in now moving on from one to two months this is when you'll see the maximum probably the maximum growth of fungal growths and biofilms and the botanicals it's part of the game it's where we can separate the hobbyists who understand this process and have done their homework from those who haven't so to speak And as we've discussed numerous times, biofilms and fungal growths are a completely natural, expected and desired part of using dried botanical, terrestrial botanical materials in an aquarium. The aesthetics of this process is not everybody's idea of beautiful and that's understandable. However, it's a normal, natural part of the game. Biofilms and fungal growths will always be present to some extent during the lifetime of your botanical method aquarium. We need to accept this. During the initial phases, you have several options. You can physically scrub the biofilms off the botanicals, accepting the fact that they're going to reappear. Or you can employ, you know, biological controls like ornamental shrimp, snails, or even some, you know, uh, specialized kerosins like uh, headstanders to help with this process. You could. In fact, many fishes will forage upon biofilms as part of their diet anyway. That's what they do. Although they're efficient, you shouldn't expect the animals to get everything. It's not their role you can assist with the removal of these offensive materials by doing the old-fashioned method of scraping and siphoning. Or you could just wait it out. Because quite honestly, when you start doing that, when you polish out the patina of life that forms on these things, you're actually working against what we're trying to foster in this type of an aquarium. Now, after about two to four months, this is when your aquariums really started, started to settle into a comfortable, stable situation. And hopefully you've come to appreciate the more natural appearance of your system. Some of the softer, more transient botanicals, especially leaves, will likely have broken down significantly at this point, and many might need replacement. That's another point, too. As in nature, to keep a consistent environment, you'll need to replenish the leaves and the botanicals as they decompose. And I'd leave them in until they fully decompose. I wouldn't remove them. You need to continue to employ regular maintenance practices like water exchanges, maybe filter cleaning, media replacement, that kind of stuff, and doing periodic basic water chemistry tests like you would on any other tank. By this time you'll come to recognize what's normal for your system. And any deviations from that normal become very obvious to you. Um the other thing that I want to touch on is you'll often see little bits and pieces of stuff in the water column or you know rolling about on the substrate in a botanical method aquarium. Again, not always something that we like to look at. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but that's par for the course with a botanical method aquarium. Now as a side note too on maintenance, um, people really are into getting the tinted water, which hey, that's why we call this the tint, but people love that tint. And w- one of the easiest ways to get this a little cheat, if you will, is you can sort of condition your replacement water for water exchanges by soaking some prepared catapa leaves or bark or other, you know, tint producing botanicals in the storage containers where you keep your water. You can do that for a few days. It creates a certain degree of consistency and of course adds that aesthetic to the water that a lot of people like. Regardless, of that little aside, evaluate your tank periodically and decide if you want to exchange or simply add new botanicals to your system. There's no exact science to this. Like with so many things we do in aquariums, it's going to require you to go with your gut, make decisions based on what your goals are and what by now you consider normal for your system. It's really important. After a few months, it's likely that you'll either just love this type of aquarium or you'll just decide it's not for you. You may fucking hate it. I totally get it. Perhaps it's the tinted water, the decomposing leaves... And that earthy appearance, maybe that's something that speaks to you. I hope it does, but it might also be something that says, dude, reach for the carbon, siphon all this shit out, and enjoy a crystal clear tank. Totally understandable. <laughs> Obviously, what I just gave you here was not a comprehensive treatise on the you know, evolution and management of a botanical method aquarium. It is, however, meant to just serve as a just a quick reminder as to what typically happens during the early life of one of these systems if you're new to this game and to kind of give you some expectations. Your experience will probably vary slightly, but these observations were based on my own experiences over many years working with the stuff and others who've worked with these types of aquariums as well. Uh, It was just intended to serve as sort of a cue card, if you will, for you to understand the various phases of your aquarium and what may be expected. I didn't touch on every possible nuance, but just the general visual cues. Depending on many factors, like your aquarium water's base chemistry, the maintenance practices that you employ, the filtration, the volume of water, etc., the timeline might be longer or shorter, but the markers that I talked about are basically the same. In the end, one conclusion that you can draw from this really, really brief little review here is that these types of aquariums are by no means difficult to create or maintain, and they're certainly not static. And in fact, once these are established, they may prove to be some of the more simple systems you've ever worked with. You just need to learn the rules that nature has established and to manage expectations based on this knowledge. Probably the biggest adjustments you need to make, <coughs> excuse me, are mental ones. You need to accept that this type of tank will look and function fundamentally different than any other type of system you've maintained before. Obviously, the tint in the water is the, the, you know, the most apparent. And it can be managed to some degree by employing activated carbon if you don't like it or purigen or whatever, or chemical filtration or remove some or all of that tint that you may not like. Some people really don't like dark water, I get it. Also, you'll have to get used to a certain amount of material just decomposing in your tank. It's what happens, it's natural, it's part of the aesthetic. It's part of the function, functional aesthetics. Accepting the fact that you're gonna see biofilms, you know, fungal growths and perhaps even some algae in your system is something that many aquarists have a difficult time with. Now, this methodology is not an excuse to develop or accept lax maintenance practices. It's simply a call to awareness that there's probably nothing really at all wrong with your aquarium when you see these things. It's quite contrary to the way we've been, you know, acculturated to evaluate the aesthetics of a typical aquarium, but that's okay. You know, if you look at underwater videos and photos of environments like the Amazon region and maybe Borneo, places like that, you'll see that your tank is a much closer aesthetic approximation of nature than almost any other system you've ever worked with. And to add to your comfort, you'll find that these systems are chemically clean as any other if you follow regular maintenance and common sense. The realization that it's perfectly natural and entirely consistent with the nature of these habitats to have some of this stuff present is likely little comfort to you if you just can't get over looking at a field of shit on your botanicals. I get it. I can't stress enough the need to make that mental shift that we talked about in the previous episode. As we discussed, management of this stuff is entirely up to you and what you can tolerate. Generally, the biofilms and the fungal growths are self-limiting. They'll perhaps always be there to some extent, but ultimately they disappear over time as the compounds that fuel them diminish or at least attain levels that are not sufficient for enormous explosive sustained growth, or perhaps as a result of animals consuming them, that's what happens, or just a combination of both. Uh, an equilibrium of sort. The decomposition of transient materials like leaves and the softer seed pods is simply part of the natural dynamic, and it's going to continue as long as you choose to employ these materials in your aquascape. If you observe carefully, you may note spawning and other interesting behaviors like grazing with your fishes. So graze on this stuff. And you'll note they're spending a lot of time foraging through that broken down matter, much like they do in nature. Again, ultimately, the decision to create a botanical method aquarium is as much a philosophical one as it is a practical one. To accept nature rather than to fight it is a bit at odds with the mindset many of us have with regards to aquarium keeping. I get that. But as you begin to understand and evaluate your own aquarium, you'll gain a greater appreciation for the the wonders of nature and the processes that have occurred for eons. Stay open-minded. Stay adventurous. Stay curious. Stay diligent. Stay diligent and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.